You're listening to Earful of Dirt, the Major League Rugby Podcast. We're live each Monday night on YouTube, available for download every Wednesday morning, and always online at earfulofdirt.com. Bringing you the latest news, views, and abuse, Earful of Dirt is the only podcast dedicated to Major League Rugby. Now, coming to you live from across the United States, here's your hosts. And we're live. Welcome to Earful of Dirt, the Major League Rugby podcast. Thank you for joining us. I'm Aaron Castro. And I've got this week, you know, Victor, Dan Brown, and NYC, man. Those two guys. Josh in Denver. And then um, somebody come back from, like, death. Corey, you, you there? You alive? I guess not. Yeah, I made it. I made it out of the uh, the uh, hospital. They they released me from the psych ward finally. Um, I actually got to say it was a little bit. Of, it was a nice vacation. Uh, the room was very comfortable. It was padded on all four sides, plus the floor and the ceiling. There's nothing like a good mental breakdown just to give you a couple days off. Wow. What's crazy is that you look you look that crazy right now. <laughs> What are you talking about, man? I have no idea what's going on there. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, glad to have uh, the uh, a producer back. Uh, it, he wasn't crazy. It was more or less, I guess it was the death flu part two. But um, Yeah, something like that. Or something I ate. I don't know, man. It was not a fun day, though. <laughs> How's everyone else's week been? Awesome. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were like, you were like testing something at work, Josh. Yeah. We don't talk about. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave with that. <laughs> we don't testing talk about something. that. <laughs> All right. No, because it's the, still fucked up. <laughs> testing the boundaries of decency. Well, right. I hope the test went well. I don't know what the test was, but mm-hmm. find out next week. Maybe a couple months. Couple months. All right. Well, I was just in Miami, which you, if you look closely, you might be able to see these raccoon eyes I got because I fell asleep with sunglasses on. You're supposed to uh, get the the like tanning sunglasses that just go over your eye. Oh yeah, like the little goggles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, then I just have burns all around my face, and then nothing right here. I ran out of sunscreen because I, I was applying way too much because I'm really white. Um, kind of backfired, but yeah. Because it doesn't work with your uh, your paramour who happens to like be like olive in the winter. What? Olive skinned? Oh yeah, no, I I knew that part. Nothing. <laughs> your paramour, you're like your your girlfriend of long time, your lover. Yeah, yeah. however you want to call it. Yeah, I actually never even heard someone use paramour before outside of the actual band. So, there we go. Victor, you did something exciting this weekend, right? Yeah, well, topics really quickly. Yeah, <laughs> that's right, guys. Um, I'll tell you my report about what happened down in Gaelic Park in the Bronx, from it, New York. It's not. It's not Gaelic Park. It's Garlic Park. Gar- Gar- <laughs> garlic. <laughs> garlic Park. Let's, sure. Let's go with that. It's, it's Garlic Park, yeah. as henceforth be known. 
Garlic, garlic pork. Well, we're we're definitely gonna talk a lot more about that later. But Aaron, why don't you tell uh, why don't you tell everyone at home who we are if they haven't any clue who we are for some reason? For those new to the podcast, uh, you know, each Monday we discuss news and rumors from Major League Rugby. Uh, it's the United States Professional Rugby Union competition. Um, you know, it's a chance for us to come together, discuss the issues, hear from the league, team leadership, check in with all of you, our friends across the U.S. rugby season. Um, so this week, what do we got? Well, this week we got three or I guess technically two MLR matches. Um, only one of them was recorded, so we got to watch that. Um, but one of them, we actually had a certain someone here who was at the match. So the San Diego Legion traveled to Austin. Uh, Nola Gold hosted a rematch against Houston, which was recorded on Gift Time. And then there was also the Battle of the Bronx, which took place, um, like we said, at Garlic Park. Um, so with that said, let's jump on first to the uh, the Austin match. This one wasn't recorded, as I said, but Aaron, you have a couple of notes you wanted to go over so, here. I mean... We have a bunch of friends from the show who were there, so I've sort of compiled notes. Um, my in-laws went. That's so nice. That was kind of cool. That is nice. Uh, that I was their first fifteens rugby match. Uh, Brooks' mom was happy about that. So, what yeah. other notes on the match? Well, um, so early on, it was noticed that the Austin had, you know, a very dominant scrum, and they will have a, you know, very strong scrum throughout the season. Um, this is not what your in-laws said, though, right? Oh, no. My, my, <laughs> the the in-law, what was it? There was some objectification of the, the rugby Uh They thought the mascot was cool, and they liked the action uh, when it happened right in front of them. Was the uh, hey, Who's the mascot? Um, Austin? There's like a Minotaur the thing. Hunt? I will, I will say that Austin's mascot is the best so far. I haven't seen pictures of that yet. Yeah, oh, and the name. What's the name of it? I, they didn't say. Ah, need to ask, I guess. Mine know, mine know the Minotaur. <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm just waiting for Aaron's question. Hey, Frenchie, what's the name of your mascot? <laughs> I mean, I know he listens, so maybe he'll, he'll either tell us tonight or he'll tell us tomorrow. But, um... Yeah, so even though uh, their pack was missing, Peter Malcolm and Patty Ryan, uh, they they were pretty good. Like they they dominated the San Diego Scrum, and and rightfully so. Like a lot of these guys are, you know, all Americans uh, with like Mason Pedersen, and then uh, was it uh, Tim Fitzgerald uh, grew up playing rugby in Australia, and now he's U.S. eligible of uh, the Austin Loosehead. So he'll be really good to look at to provide depth for the Eagles Loosehead uh, pool. Um, Patty Ryan uh, is coming back from surgery. Uh, should be good to go, I think, the third week of the season. And then Peter Malcolm, I think, might be resting from a slight injury from the ARC. Not sure. That's just a guess. The, the ref didn't really officiate the scrum well to the point where um, the young uh, tight head for uh, San Diego was having some issues. So, I, I mean, overall, I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll have some questions to ping back on that one later with the teams. Uh, and then, you know, for for both teams, there's a lot of handling errors. Uh, and, you know... It was all about getting the backs the ball 
when you were in on offense and in opposition territory. And we saw that early on after, you know, the, the Legion was able to gain a penalty tag leader. Uh, apparently uh, the, some of the reports are freaking true. Uh, his, his boot is dangerous. He can hit it from pretty much anywhere on the pitch. Uh, he, uh, I think it was a, I, I might be wrong. It might, I think it was about a 40 meter penalty kick. Uh, and that was at two minutes into the match, but there ends up being a lot of, wait, no, I'm wrong. Yeah. Two minutes into the match and there ends up being a lot more handling errors. However, Pat Blair is able to go in for the try and the, the conversion wasn't really nice uh, of an angle for him, but he just he crushed it. Then, uh, you know, the way it was going, you didn't really see uh, how the the flow was, but uh, the elite were able to take advantage of some things, and Mason, Mason Pedersen goes in for his first try at 16 minutes, and Timothy... Gulliman wasn't able to convert that. So it was at 10 to five after 16 minutes. And then, uh, you know, at 29 minutes, uh, Cam Dolan, a guy who was put in at lock, normally plays eight for the Eagles and played eight for Cardiff. Uh, the first time I've seen him play lock was with Old Blue back in the fall. And, you know, he, he just rumbled in that try at 29 minutes and uh, tag leader was able to, uh, convert that whole name. Yeah. Tags leader didn't convert there, but at 39 minutes, he would score a penalty, putting the Legion up 18 to five. Yeah. That's, that's really not surprising to see camp score. Um, I'm expecting him to score quite a lot uh, coming up, especially in a game like this. If everyone's playing sloppy, he just came after five weeks on the ARC. Um, he's definitely warmed up by now, but uh, going into the second half, uh, we had the 41st minute. Mason Peterson came in uh, with a try, and um, Giamin, Giamin, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. Giamin, Giamin? I, I Giamin? need to Timothy, Timothy Giamin, Giamin, and he is French, though, right? I should know that. I'm a freaking idiot. Giamin, yeah. you are an idiot. Um, so Giamin, he uh, converted. <laughs> um, I feel like if 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 you ever try and say a French name. Um, and you say it properly, you automatically have a French accent. I don't know why. Um, it's not the same with well, many other languages, but specifically yeah. French. I don't know. That's just me. Um, so Guillermo, he converted. Um, so th- there were some handling errors, as you said. Um, but then Dion Minar, Minar, yeah. whatever, he scored a try and another conversion by Guillermo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so then the uh, 59th minute we had Anthony Saliber for for San Diego scored a try. Uh leader had another conversion. 62 minutes we had Pat Blair with a try and then leader converted again. Um 77th minute Pat Sullivan scored for Austin which led up with the final score of 32 to 25 San Diego coming away with a win here. Um a bit surprising at least to me. I'm I'm not sure if everyone else was surprised too. I, I thought Austin 
considering the fact that they played together for longer, um, would have won. I know San Diego signed a lot of great names over the past couple months, but um, I'm, I I didn't really see you know anyone well, or any forwards on the team really. So their back three is basically their back three is all brand new um, yeah. for Austin, and for the most part, this this back line together. They've only been together three months. Oh, and to play at the to play at this level, you know, and a different offense because we're talking about how Austin and and even the guys that are in from the Blacks, like there is that chemistry. They do know each other. They do, they played, you know, similar systems. It's like this system is different than what they were playing. Uh, Austin was playing. Uh, out of uh, out of a one three three one base offense with uh, Lofty, and this offense is the one three two two, which is a bit different. It's a hybrid of the one three three one and the two four two, and it's more of a set, and you don't really shift a lot between the two systems. Like uh, a team like Nola is using two systems, which is the one three three one and two four two. So there's going to be handling errors because it's supposed to be more, I would call it your spread offense of, of rugby right now. Okay. guys. So jumping in real quick, I agree with Dan. Uh, I was actually quite surprised for the score. I was expecting the Legion to put a good fight, but that um, the elite were going to win because again, they had more time together, but yeah, that is true that the back line hasn't played a lot, a lot of time together and, and this is really the first game. I don't think they were in plate scrimmages, or maybe they did. I'm not really sure. Yeah. But in any case, um, now Austin, again, with that 32-25 loss with the Legion, now have to go down to New Orleans, play the gold in a home away a series, and then later the Legion play um, Houston. The, uh, thank you. Houston Cats, specifically uh, on the seven. So we'll see how that goes. That should be, at least for Houston, that should be the the last preseason match. I mean, it definitely is for Houston, but it may be the last for. I think that's the last for everybody. They're they're only was it uh, Utah plays a preseason match the opening weekend. All right, the opening weekend <laughs> they play one. Yeah, it's kind of weird. They play so, a preseason match the opening weekend. That is kind of weird. Hey guys. I just want to jump in and, yeah, hey, voice from heaven. <laughs> um, and that's why they locked me up. <laughs> Can we just take a second and appreciate the fact that we are less than a month from Major League Rugby? I mean, like, less than a month from this thing actually happening. I can't tell if you, like, I'm literally glowing. Right now, uh, it's yeah, you are actually. Like, watch, watch the video pretty, to see this. It's pretty awesome, and we'll, we'll talk about, I guess, some docs that came out today that had uh, one logo and then it had another logo. Um, that was kind of cool to see, but uh, yeah, we're it's it's pretty awesome. Uh, it's happening. It's really happening. We've been we've been grinding for <laughs> for wow. How long has it been? So August. So it's been. Just August, yeah. Eight months? That's awesome. Yeah. It's it's real. It was eight months ago when, when we took that, that first introduction podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting 
behind a dumpster. Waiting for the sirens to come. Uh, I was sitting there because I was outside behind a brewery. A dumpster just happened to be there. I wasn't purposely hiding. Oh gosh, that's right. I thought it was on the roof. There was a dumpster there. No, it wasn't the roof. There was just brick wall behind me. Yeah, I remember that. It was like a. I was um, a Gallus Brewing, I think, um, which is in Queens, and there just happened to be like a little courtyard. Um, with bricks all around it, and I just found a corner near the loading dock, so it kind of looked like it was the roof, and it was right in front of a dumpster, too. Um, I don't think there was garbage in front of it. I think it was just, like, building materials. But it felt kind of weird. Talking on my phone for a half hour there, everyone was staring at me. We didn't even know who Josh was. Yeah, at the time, that's true. <laughs> Uh, uh, okay, so I've derailed I this uh, pretty successfully. Why don't we uh, we get back to it? Sorry about that, guys. I, I just had to jump in and go back to your hole. Yeah. See I mean, the, so, <laughs> so San Diego played a, a different style. I would say very wide open, and you look at you know their coaching staff, uh, very seven-centric. So they played something different. Uh, I want to see it on tape to – to understand what was being explained to me uh, on the phone today, um, because I, I have no idea. Like I can't, I can't explain. I can't imagine a style of fifteens that looks like sevens. If that makes sense, you just well, keep makes, all you just keep all the forwards on one side of the field. Yeah, just distracting that way. I mean, it makes perfect sense because every single, almost every player for San Diego and all the coaches are sevens players. And coaches like the forwards coach was a sevens player, which I think might be a little concerning. Um, well, I think that uh, did um, Austin attempt any penalty kicks at all? Uh, Do you know, Aaron? Yeah, Guillemon missed one. So, and then Todd, Todd did how many? How attempted how many? Uh, shit. Tig made was it? Tig made two. Made to see. I mean, you figured he could have gone for more, but they were. I guess they were going for tries. But it seems like the sevens game um, specializes more in ball security. I guess you could say. And so, by playing that sevens game, they were emphasizing ball security. Mm, I gotcha. From from what you said, there may have been a lot of mistakes. Maybe the the goal was to play and emphasize ball security, but there maybe not have been for this match. It was. I mean. From what I understand, it was pretty ugly. Ball handling in general um, was not the forte of anyone. It was more or less, we got lucky here, we got lucky there, and they ended up scoring seven more points. Um, But uh, the, I don't know, everything I've heard about, like, because I've talked to four people now about the scrum from Austin, uh, it was dominant to the point. I wouldn't say that people were impressed because they didn't. They weren't sure what they were seeing from San Diego. Um, they also were missing two of their starting forwards. Yeah, and Malcolm and uh, Ryan. Yeah. So that obviously affects it. Okay, so out of everyone you've seen, who would you compare it to then? Um, with the way they've the forwards are set up, I would say. Uh, Austin's scrum is probably closer to Houston's uh, back line 
I, I got nothing until I see it on tape. They've got talent, but I would say based on the makeups of both squads, I think they're going to – I know offensively they're going to play similar. They're both playing out of a one three two two. So, um, you know, it emphasizes a, like a, a dominant scrum, and then in open set-piece play, it's about having very talented forwards. More so, like to to an extent, more so than the one three three one does, but uses forwards differently. Um, I, I'll be talking to Matt Hawkins tomorrow, so we'll find out the offensive system that uh, San Diego is using. You hear all about from his perspective. Oh, excellent! Anyone else have anything to last comments on this match that none of us actually watched? <laughs> Silence. Silence is deafening. All right. Well, it's moving on. So, um, Victor, you were deployed to Garlic Park. What did you see? Um, no garlic, and it did not smell like garlic. I'll tell no you vampires? That. No, no vampires. <laughs> Definitely not. Well, it's, one of, it's one or the other. There's either garlic or there's vampires. So which Usually is vampires are in Manhattan, and I was in the Bronx, so I was okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, in all honesty, guys, I was up in Gaelic Park. That's right. And checking out the Rugby United New York match against Boston Mystics. If you're only listening to this, give yourself a chance. Go to YouTube again at Earthful of Dirt Podcast. Check out this episode because I'm right now sporting the Rugby United New York cap. Uh, and for those of you that are looking at it, yes, I did lift the mark right there because I'm really lazy like that. I'm also ghetto. So I'm just going to leave that there. So, so no worries. In about but eight it, months, they'll be vintage. Yeah, well, there we go. We'll be vintage. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Might as well keep it there. In 20 years, your children will say, Daddy, what, what is that weird logo? What does that mean? It's like, well, let me tell you a story. <laughs> <laughs> the story about how my life turned upside down. <laughs> Dude, I don't know the first, the first, the first I don't know the first print song completely. But anyways, in all seriousness. So again, the game was in the Bronx up in Gaylord Park, which belongs to Manhattan College and is located in the Riverdale neighborhood of the Bronx, which is uh, which was predominantly Irish. It's not Still anymore is. No, no, well, not as much as it not as much as it used to because Dominicans I'm I'm sorry, Irish people. <laughs> Uh, hey, they're I, I, Irish I, too, man. Irish <laughs> I apologize have you, for have you not seen the Dominican Irish in the DR? Come on now. I haven't seen, I haven't seen one yet. I'm sure I'm sure there is. I just <laughs> met a Dominican Peruvian. Hey, shout out to to that guy. You know, so out of oh, but out of all the places in New York that still have like an actual Irish population, yeah, everyone, I mean, like I'm Irish. Everyone says they're Irish for the most part, but an actual mm-hmm. Irish population, Woodlawn is one of the few. Other than like Sunnyside or something like that. Yeah, I think Walk Long is more exactly. It's like, it's like for example, Arthur Avenue, for example. Yeah. It's like it's, that's like the real little Italy. You don't talk about little Italy in Manhattan because there's no Italians there. You talk about Arthur Avenue. Same thing. It's also gone. I know it's Chinatown, but mm-hmm. that's a whole other conversation about New York, which we're having tomorrow on our exactly. next podcast. That's right. <laughs> in the New York City podcast with Victor Archer Tour Guide. So <laughs> I got there. I got to the place. It was, um, it has, Gaelic Park has a very, rustic look which is very Bronx like I guess which is great for rugby I, I personally love it so I got into the place as forgot soon as I got in I forgot to charge my phone thank you exactly I, I, I had no one else to blame for myself um, 
I saw quite a number of people. Apparently, estimates uh, are put about 2,000 uh, were present. Uh, food was uh, very inexpensive and delicious, I have to say. Definitely love the Irish sausage with fresh fries. Um, of, of all things, the thing that I like the most. Um, bar was also really nice. Quite a lot of people there as well. Uh, as I was making my way in, I finally met in person uh, Martin Pengeli. He is as tall as people say. Really cool guy. He came in with uh, one of his um, neighbors from the the place where we live. Said that we established the other time when he was on the show. Um, <laughs> so he was there. I also got to meet Mr. Liam Poach finally, and he was with a friend of his, which also is named Dan. I don't know why there's so many Dan's in rugby, but any case, got to meet the two of them, had a lot of fun hanging out, had a couple of shots. Liam was like destroyed. He was like drunk. He actually, he actually, he actually lost his phone. He was like okay. smashed, bro. It was like, <laughs> it was like, he was like bad. So he went on a, he went on a rugby tour to New York city and just was, mm-hmm. Wow. Exactly. He, he was pissed, as the English would say. But in any case, um, the match was awesome. I had to say, definitely really enjoyed it. Unfortunately, I wasn't paying much attention in terms of tries and anything because I was with the wife. And on top of that, a friend oh, of ours. Oh, brought the wife. Okay. I brought the wife. The wife? Hey, guys, he brought his woman for the first time. Yeah. In exactly. So I brought, I brought, I, not, only did I, not only did my wife was present, I also brought uh, one of my female friends from high school. Good thing my wife is not a, a jealous woman. So it was, so I was, I was with the two of them. Because the thing is that my, 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 by the way, guys, I'm just laughing because on our chat, we, someone just wrote pimp. I'm not pimp. No. I'm People may not realize this, but Victor is in the studio right now, so his wife is hearing this entire thing right now. But only yeah, exactly. She's actually she's actually sleeping just behind us. No, being honest. Oh, so, yes, um, so my so my friend my, my friend Mercedes. Shout outs to Mercedes, by the way. Um, yes, she's a soccer Mercedes. girl. Yeah, let's say this. Yeah, if you want to pronounce the Spanish word. So she's a soccer girl. He like she loves Barcelona. So I said, you know what? Just have a bunch of prima donnas. You want you want to see actual men come over here? So I brought her to the game. She really enjoyed it. Um, she was commenting on the guy's legs as well. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Women, women, women that like legs and rugby guys. I don't know what it is. It's so about she, the short shorts, it really. I, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so that, that was that. Then after that, we we went to the bar. We we we're cu- catching up with Liam, and Liam was playing the game to her and whatever. Hey, that was really fun. And also, we got a, t- a chance to talk to a couple couple of players. I was talking to Kurt Hamilton, who hey, he, he's really good. Um, also, speaking of players, um, uh, Liam got a t- uh, and, and I got a chance to talk to Anthony Perry. He party. I, party, excuse, excuse me, party. <laughs> he told me he was very. So I got a chance to talk to him. Henceforth, that, uh, Anthony says, Party. Party, <laughs> party, party, party uh, whatever. This, so this I got a chance to to talk to him. Shout outs to him. By the way, he actually called us out when we were talking about forwards, and we did not mention Chris Bowman. So. Aaron, I'm going to let you talk about this because I know Anthony is listening to this. That's your first mistake, hey, Victor. I tell Anthony, okay. hey, why you Anthony. didn't mention Chris Bowman. 
Tell him. Go, go back and listen to the podcast. Okay. I tell you what. I tell, we tell, we told we say why that we're not. We said why we didn't pick Chris Bowman. Um, you know. Um, so. But verse repeating, verse repeating. Tell him again. Tell him um, again. We, okay. <laughs> we we didn't like his. I, we I mean I didn't like his form in the ARC. I didn't like his form over the summer. Um, people people said. Well, he was nursing a leg injury. Okay. If he was nursing a leg injury and he was scrumming, then he he shouldn't have been out there because that actually makes it more of a problem in the scrum. So that's my opinion. There you go. So, Anthony- so let's, get, let's get to the match. So yeah, of course, of course. I, so I, before the match, I put in the preview uh, on, the, on the Facebook Live that based on the score lines from Old Blue – uh, and Nyack versus Mystic and Life versus Mystic and Glendale versus Mystic in the ARP that I felt that this team was going to probably put a century on Mystic River. And, uh, and they, and behold, they, they put a half century and it wasn't close. So, so I mean, by the way, if you don't know the ma- if you, by the way, if you don't know the score, uh, listeners, 50 to zero. And to say and to say that the crowd was happy was an understatement. Actually, and I have to mention this. Um, and by the way, harsh language coming up. Um, as as my as my my wife friend and I were sitting in the, in the back of the bleachers and watching the match. Whenever United would score, there were four gentlemen behind us. I'm blanking on the team that they were coming from, but they would uh, shout the following. They would say. United, United, United. And then that will follow with, let's go fucking mental. Let's go fucking mental. Na, 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 na. And that was, that was my highlight of the night. And the best part was when I turn around and I say, yo, guys, this is America. Let's go fucking crazy. And that, and that, and that was like the best. Because, like, what's this mental thing? We're not well, in that's, England. That's what they say for uh, for Man United games, isn't it? Yeah. Well, no. Say, this is the US. We're going to say crazy. We don't do mental here. Like, that's weird. Speaking, so- of, <laughs> speaking of names, before, before getting back, um, apparently the, um, the Rooney guys call themselves the Roosters, which that's from the, the rugby wrap-up video. Um, what? That's what I'm basing off of, yeah. At the very end, um, Matt McCarthy did like his own like in-person interviews and stuff, and then they were taking pictures, and then they were all shouting. And they said, like, let's go Roosters, and they started actually calling uh, like a rooster. God, please, please don't want to take if that the wrong way. Uh, well, yeah, so they, I, they better not call this as a New York Roosters. They're hanging out with the, you know, they're trying to make some deals with some French teams. Maybe they're the the fighting Roosters. Roosters. Unless you pronounce it the French way, which I don't know how you. I forgot the word in French for for rooster. So if it's not, it's not make sense. Rooster. No, come on. <laughs> it's definitely not that. I think it's like close to 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 gallo, like in Spanish. I, I think I don't know. My, oh, yeah, my like that, I don't know. yeah. So I, think I uh, Sydney Roosters in NRL. So, yes. Yeah, in NRL. That's, that's part of the reason why I don't want it to be Roosters. So we, yeah, thank we you, right? saw last week uh, how like prop the strength of rugby United New York, but what about like Mystic? They showed up. Yeah, I mean, 
uh, what can I tell you? Uh, like they would, for example, they would. Okay, kickoff will go. They will do their meters. Um, United will come in, a turnover, or a knock on, and and really, I mean, they would they would at, they would try to attack, and rather when they're very and they're, they're already on the twenty two meter line, rather about to cross the try line, they would either drop the ball, or it will be turnover. Uh, in terms of scrums, I don't think they won a single scrum. I think they lost all scrums, and I don't even remember how many there were, but there were not that many. So that much I can tell you. Um, unfortunately, I didn't keep up with tries, so I don't even I don't even know who tried at what times. In all honesty, but all I know is that I had a great time. Definitely, really, really enjoyed it. And this is we were. I think we were talking about this like over email thread or on the Reddit or something like that, where Gaelic Park can only hold two thousand people, and mm-hmm. right nearby there's is it Fordham? Their soccer field. Um, I think that's it. Football um, field. Yeah, football field, soccer field, I think they use it for both. Um, that can fit like 7,000 people. So I think seating-wise, some people mentioned that that was a better field. But mm-hmm. I think the thing with Gaelic Park, as Victor has made it very clear, is that with the bar right there, and from what I've, I've seen it before, I haven't actually ever been to Gaelic Park, but it feels a lot more like inclusive and more community-focused where you can go mm-hmm. there, you can drink at the bar, you can watch the game from there if you wanted so, to. So I think for the first season, that is makes... Is the bar the pig and whistle? Or what? No, that's... No, that's, no, no, that's no. A... They have their own bar within the place. So when you enter the park... Yeah, that's what I thought. The... I was, like, confused, though. Yeah, yeah. No, so that's... just to explain it to, to, to you guys and, and the listeners and the viewers. So when you go inside of the place, the bar area is on your right-hand side. So as soon as you go in, you're going to see the field. The bleachers will be on your left-hand side. Uh, so again, the bar will be on your right as soon as you enter. The bar is because the bar is quite. It's like a, it takes about two rooms. So in the second room, that's close to the street. That's where they have the, the restroom area. Then you got the restroom south side, which are which are really part of parties. But again, because they have those there too. So th- that's pretty much the layout. Now, personally, because I've been to foreign university, they they have two fields. So the 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 rugby field. It's, it's nice, but they you can tell they really put their money in their in their football field, which is they don't put I mean, their money in the rugby pitch. Shocking. Not I mean, like seriously, I mean, as, and then Fordham is not a it's not a bad rugby program, but you could tell that the the, the university definitely focused more on their football field than in the rugby one. I mean, so you you could see a favoritism. Like for example, uh, when I went that one time to see them play uh, in a college, actually. They had announcers and everything, and the rugby field they didn't even have that. So I mean, you had to look up on the scoreboard to see what was going on. And I remember when I got there, I asked one of the students, "Hey, you know the score?" And they said, "Okay, give me a second. And then he like turned around and like walked a little further, and that was what the scoreboard was because I couldn't even see it because I was in on the next to the wall where the scoreboard was. So you had to move really far back to actually see it. But in the football field, you didn't have that. So again, you could see the double standard there. Personally. So did the bar go dry? I don't think so. No. Because no, James Kennedy is quoted as the bar will go dry. No. I heard that it I heard people made a very valiant effort to make sure that happened. Hey, Unless just bring in crazy. just bring in Wisconsin fans and it will. There you go. I mean, you can make it go dry artificially. I don't know what Gaelic Park normally stocks for, you know, a big a big event, but I mean, they, uh, they mostly just do the Gaelic sports, um, and it's very mm-hmm. like it's like an Irish community center too, and that's basically that's right. where the basement area is 
So it kind of it kind of actually it has like a feel of like an old like rugby clubhouse kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's thank you, man. That's it's it's just exactly as you said. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, like a VFW or something. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, hey guys. Hey. Sorry. Um, just real quick to follow up on an earlier point. Um, I, I did some looking into the question on the French translation um, as far as the rooster. Um, the word you're looking for is cock. Oh. Oh. Cock. C O A K A Q S, I think. No, I'd be quacks. <laughs> so we're checking because I think it's C O Q S. I think we go. Well, they actually use it. I thought you just wanted to say that. Ooh. No, no, no. I'm saying it is. Um, that is the spelling. Yeah, yeah. All right. Enjoy your Important evening. Topics. <laughs> I was cool. wondering why he was he, his face showed up again. Right. Yeah, but that's, that's I, I wasn't expecting the long-winded explanation. I just thought he was going to pop it, say it, and leave. <laughs> uh, uh, what are we talking about again? Rugby or something? Yes. Uh, um, so, but, so you, you, I mean, that's I'm done with that. You want to jump to the Nola Houston? Well, hold on. They need they need a generator there because nobody tweeted after halftime. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah everyone's, everyone's phone died, or yeah. maybe maybe or the loss of like, like Liam. Or they got stuck in the bar. So mm-hmm. exactly. Or again, or they lost like their phone, like Liam, like I said. Yeah. Or your 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 phone went dead. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I need to ch- I need to change this one. That's what it is. I'm then, putting uh, on I think. Uh, did you run into Coach Ski Bailey? Oh, so I'm I'm glad you actually mentioned him. Yeah, shoutouts to to, to Ski. Um. I saw him, yeah. So he tells me, "Oh, tell Victor uh, to look for me." And I'm mm-hmm. and I'm on when the game is over and, and screaming because I, I thought it was Sky. It's actually from Ski. So I'm like, "Sky Bailey, Sky Bailey." They turns around and waves at me. He says, "Stay there. I'll I'll go for you." So I'm you walking just, downstairs and then I lost him. I said, "Wait a minute, where's this guy?" So wait, you, he that you just showed up and just started shouting his name. <laughs> yeah, Sky Bailey, Sky Bailey. Sky Bailey. No, for actually, aware, he actually, I mean, it's it's over now, so it's too late, but he actually um, had live stream of the oh, game as much as possible. He saved it as a moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can actually save it. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, I think on Mystic, at least the second half, someone was Facebook living the darn thing, so I haven't, I should probably go back and watch it, but. That's too much work. <laughs> Exactly. I yeah. mean, you're not going to miss much. I mean, you're going to zero. I mean, what, what what else is there to talk about? <laughs> they exactly. got destroyed. Yeah, I'm, I'm sad I missed it, but I, I know there's going to be rugby next year, and I can make it to that, so I'm not too upset. We'll see how it goes next week. So, um, all right, moving on uh, to New Orleans, uh, Houston, uh, the first game at Shaw Field, uh, which uh, for for those that didn't know, uh, was built by uh, the New Orleans Gold in a private partnership with Archbishop Shaw High School and the diocese. Uh, so, um, you know, New, or- New Orleans Gold gets a home pitch for a couple of years, and Shaw High School is the only uh, Catholic school in New Orleans with uh, their own home field. Everyone else has to travel uh-huh. for their own home field, so that's kind of cool. I know that. Um, it's definitely not the case with uh, Catholic schools up here. No. So... Yeah. Um, you know, besides a, a quick surge from New Orleans at the beginning of the quarter, 
the first quarter was all Sabercats. Uh, for a moment, I thought it would be a blowout. Uh, Zach Pangelinen hit a penalty at seven minutes, and then uh, Pago Haney would try, uh, would score a try off a lovely pass from Robert Meeson, who had taken the ball from Osea Kalinasau and just went 20 meters, you know, locks lumbering down the pitch. He, he really he runs like a gazelle, and I, I mean that because just like the length of his legs, it's just kind of graceful seeing him run. You know it's fast, but it also looks slow at the same time. Yeah. Um, and then it's like Zach did not convert after that try, so it was 8-0. to zero. But 10 minutes later, they'd go up. Uh, Malachi Esdale would catch a, a pass – and would just turn on the afterburners hitting like fourth gear. He's got he's got more in there. Like oof. Is that he's, the, he's that was, I'm sorry. Hmm? I was saying that was that was the um um that was like a turnover, wasn't it? Nola actually had it like past the twenty two. Yeah. They, 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 they were almost to the five. Yeah. Yeah, they were really, really and then close. They just got the ball and just broke through and there was there was no one that could catch him. It was yeah. it was, it was pretty lovely, uh, based on how that went. And then Zach converted that try because it was you know right under the posts, so there was no wind to mess with the angle. But the refs didn't call it. Yeah. yeah. Well, the ARs were Kafilka Kef- fishing or something. Yeah, confused the hell out of me. So it said they had thirteen, but they had fifteen. I don't even know if they fixed that until it wasn't until halftime, halftime that it got fixed. So yeah. Um, and then uh, Nola surges. Uh, their defense tightens up uh, after giving the ball back uh, on the kickoff to uh, Houston. Um, they they turn the ball over and they push deep and earn a penalty. So instead of kicking uh, to touch to try and take the line out. Uh, they, you know, Taylor Howden elected to kick. Uh, you know, he he did pretty well uh, with the boot on the day, which makes me wonder why Stapleton was kicking the previous uh, match against the uh, the Raptors. But uh, Howden kicks solid, brings the score thirteen to three. In the uh, wind too. Yeah, and it's a really then, windy day. Uh, you know, six minutes later, they are none of the penalty. Uh, and he kicks. It's thirteen to six. They keep going, and there was this. Josh, how many phases did you count in this one? For which one? For which one? JP Eloff's try. I want to say at least twenty. Yeah, I, I counted twenty phases. Like they were committed, and there th- there was no errors. Like they did not commit a penalty. Like. You run twenty phases. You're gonna. You're probably for the most part. You're gonna commit a penalty. And they they, they were running like a lot of really simple like crash ball or just a ball or whatever it was, it's called. It was. I don't know. I need to know what the signals are, and I'll probably like talk to. I mean, the, he's. Not, I'm not gonna. I'm sure Nate's not gonna tell me their words, but there's. They have signals because they were they were shifting through different systems. It wasn't really, it wasn't just crash ball. They were shifting between the one, three, three, one and the two, four, two at the same side, based on something that Howden and Younger saw. So you'd see pods shift between 
four, two, and three at the same time. It was kind of it's kind of impressive. Didn't see that um, much. I I just meant that they they didn't commit too many um, errors because a lot of times it was kind of like crash ball, so it was relatively simple and I guess safer and harder to really mess up. So I think that that added to why there were like twenty phases. So um, yeah, it was that was pretty intense knowing knowing that and you know they go into the half and they come out and they're unlike the previous week that they're full of confidence because they just scored and they held on defense uh the next six minutes and really quickly holding younger uh picks up a ball uh from this one was kind of funny was it so there was a penalty free kick calm like goes down the field and gets the ball he's tackled by one dude and no one's there no one's there for nola either except the guy who tackled him yeah we're in the second half yeah. for those that want to know i'm completely lost i didn't watch the second <laughs> half so i'm hearing all this i'm like this so doesn't minute, sound at, familiar so, so at minute 42 uh holden younger uh, grabs the ball up after uh, Sebastian Colm is tackled and puts it right under the post. And Nola is up for the for the only time against the Sabercats in, like at this point, between two matches. So they're up uh, 15 to 20. And, you know, you're thinking, this is going to get strange because with the way the Sabercats were playing. And yet... Uh, they bounce back really quick. Uh, they turn the ball over after the restart. And, you know, Connor Mills scores a try off an offload from Sam Windsor. And, you know, it's 20 to 20. And then the Sabercats sort of start to take over. What else did you see, Josh, until, uh, you know, you know, until we see Mops come in? Um, I, uh, there was actually a great try all the way from Fiji. Um, I think it was all Connor Murphy's from, from Fiji. Fiji. Yeah. All the way from Fiji. Connor Murphy box kick. Um, we're just going to start – we're going to rotate between Connor Quintet Murphy and Connor box kick Murphy. Um, I, thought it was a, I thought it was a high kick from Windsor. It may have been. It was one of the two. I don't remember. I, this one I had – I had Windsor kicking a high ball. I, it was like – it was one of the two. So um, – so after the high ball that Nola couldn't gather, fell into the hands of Osea Kalinasau. Great that was, hands. That was, that was that was great though. It was like two Nola defenders like jumped up and hit each other. Yeah, it went it literally went right through their hands. And never never doubt the capacity for sharing from a Fijian player. Say Kalinasau was wide open to the try line and gave it up to Joshua Vici for his try. That was nice. So nice, so nice of them. Yeah. They, do that, they do that a lot too. I, I saw a couple like Instagram stories from Houston before and like there was a very easy try and there were still defenders coming, but yet they wanted to give it to someone else. As a, like a score. This is like so... Kalinasau is a distributor, like period. Oh, yeah. But he can score from pretty much anywhere. He's got the pace, but it's kind of inter- it's kind of intense to like when he's got someone with him. Like he, you know, when he's got someone keeping pace with him, 
defenders are they're not going to be able to stop that, which we which we saw here again. Well, it was it was funny is that like it wasn't even him just trying to get an offload. It was literally it was Kalinasau and Vici going to the try line and Kalinasau just gave it up. Sharing is caring. Yeah. So and then yeah, Connor Mills added his second try uh, off an intercept from Nola, and then Timmy Maupin comes in and almost does the same exact thing for Nola. And, and um, Sebastian Kong will consider it, continues his workforce efforts. I apologize. Um, Tim Maupin shows his face again, makes a nice line break, and offloads to Sebastian Kong for about a 50-meter try, 40-50-meter try. And I will say that whoever was the last defender really didn't make an attempt at that tackle. And then, so, yeah, that, that tied it up. And then Sam Windsor had two shots, had penalty kicks to win the game for Houston, and he went wide right both times. Yeah, so that w- <laughs> I said this. Uh, I said this. Uh, I forget who I was talking to, but the only way to be able to deal with wind is to practice in wind, and. If there was no wind to kick in in Houston this this weekend, you're you're kind of fucked, right? Because you kind of got to calibrate how you kick, and uh, even then, if it's gusting twenty five miles per hour, it's so. Yeah, overall, overall, I think uh, you know Nola continues to raise their level. Um. But uh, you know, we we the Saber Cats left some points off the board. And also, guys, it was a great way for Nola to redeem themselves after that the loss against Houston in Houston. So I mean, they didn't win, but then they didn't lose neither. So I guess a draw, 32, 32, it's not all that bad. And now with the excuse me. With the two uh, the two matches that they have with the elite starting on Saturday, if they they maintain that form, I think they can probably win against uh, the elite. And I think and I think Nola has a lot more time together than the Legion, so there's that too. Yeah. So I mean, um, what are the what are the matches? What are the matches next week? We got Glendale and Utah on Friday, mm-hmm. and. Austin at NOLA on Saturday. Yeah. Um, is, it, is, it Utah, is Utah at Glendale? Or is no, it it's Glendale at Utah because they're at Rio Tinto. Yeah. Okay. So they're that's at right. Rio Tinto, and they're they're going to try and fill up that stadium. So that's going to be so, really interesting to see. I wonder if it, well, it will be streamed at all. Well, so I'm going to steal a bit from News, Views, and Abuse. Um Utah announced that their local broadcast team, and if I remember correctly, let me pull it. Let me get to the Utah site. No, um, their broadcast, like whoever who's going to do their local matches, and they said that they're going to have it on TV. Let me just make sure. Um, I see S S fucking PN. Oh, that's right. They did announce that. It was um, 
people who do the play-by-play for BYU, correct? Yeah. The one guy does. Or one guy does. Do they both do? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not, uh, they're not strangers to good old rugby and calling stuff for BYU. So That's good. Well, the one guy does pretty much everything for BYU. He's um, he's there on BYU TV. He's their host, reporter, and producer, most notably for BYU Sports Nation, BYU Men's Volleyball Play-by-Play for the past 10 seasons, and he does the BYU pregame show, and that's Jerome Jordan. Awesome. Are they, are they going to be streaming this for the match? I don't know. The line at the end says Jordan and Linehan, who is um, – Apologize on the phone, his full name is Johnny Linehan. Um, we'll call Warriors local and regional broadcast games on March 30th versus Glendale, April 6th versus Ontario, April 20th versus Edmonton, May 5th versus Glendale, and June 23rd versus Houston. Okay. So they'll definitely at least do a, like a, a radio thing, but they're, they will be called – in some capacity, because I mean, if if you're playing at that stadium, I know it, it's unlikely for it to be filled up, even if they give away tons of free tickets, which they are actually giving away at least 500 uh, for members of. And I I, I wish I wrote this. Silicon down. Slopes. Silicon Slopes, which is a, one of their partners, which I think is awesome. Um, I think the first 500 to respond get free tickets, and everyone after that who is a, a member of Silicon Slopes gets half off tickets for this um during the utah uh press media day everything like that that's actually one thing that kimball said uh kimball kiar kajar care 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 okay so that thank you that makes it so much easier for me um kimball care said that like his big goal is to fill up the stadium because this is an opportunity they're playing at rio tinto for two matches they don't want it to be you know um like a Pro 14 South African game, basically. Fun. Fun, yeah. Is, that, is that all we got from uh from the three matches? I feel like that went by pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's right. Well, and then, of course. 54 minutes, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, then Rooney, and then Rooney plays um the Mystics in, in Boston, but, yeah. But is that coming up this weekend? They're just. I mean, yeah, they're, just, they're just playing Boss Mystic River. It's it's some yeah. branding. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. They're okay, they're so. all they're all sipped under Mystic River, and if if Mystic River is going to try and you know become the uh, the Rooney of of the Northeast, they're going to have to. I mean, I really don't care, but Boston Mystics sounds like well, it sounds like the Washington Mystics. Mm. Not not a a seagull. Yeah, definitely, definitely not. Yeah. Actually, and, and speaking of that, uh, speaking of which, the jerseys that they were wearing were Mystic River jerseys. So, on top so, of that, so it was just a it was just like a marketing thing, like UBC Old Boys yeah. Ravens. So. Exactly, it's just very pretty much what happened with um with Chicago Lions that they had their players, but also have players from the Griffins, like. Uh, for example, Anderson Nula when he was with them, yeah. So. But they also they had to put Boston there because if it's just Mystic River, then it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, so no one knows. Like, yeah, exactly. Only only, ru- only rugby heads know Mystic. Well, know that exactly. Yeah. Plus, I mean, when they become 
if they become an MLR team and they do like a Rooney thing, that could be Rugby United Boston. It could be rough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully not. It's just Boston RFC. United Boston. Rob. Get some driver. Rob. Rob. <laughs> nah, hopefully it's just Boston RFC. So, anyways, let's continue, guys. Next point. We got some more stuff um, to talk about. So we've um, the tweet of the week, man. Oh, the tweet of the week. Um, this is uh, some shameless self promotion here. So, uh, the South Africa Rugby Magazine. Uh, tweeted something that, that there was an article that was written for, for them by some people. Um, it says featured everything you need to know about everything you need to know about America's Major League Rugby, which kicks off in April at USMLR at USA Rugby. Uh, MLR could be game changer for USA. Is the title? Um, it's written by um, Jush Fraudland, um, whatever it is. Uh, Josh, sorry. So. Josh Fredland, our Josh, he's right here. Wave to him. Uh, wave back. Uh, we we were, um, I guess, all approached, but Josh specifically wrote out this article for South Africa Rugby Magazine, um, just saying collaborative process. Collaborative. I actually forgot to um, look it over, and it was in Miami, so that's my own fault. Um, so don't count me in that. But Josh mostly wrote this, took care of a lot of the things. We all chipped in when we could. Um, just the South Africans, they want to know, you know, what the hell this is. And they also want to know how many South Africans there were who are involved in the league. And there are at least a decent amount, maybe, you know, five to 10, either players or coaches or owners or something along those lines. Um, so definitely check it out. Um, it is a lot of the basics, but it does go over this South African connection. Um, the thread, however, so this was a reply to South Africa's tweet. Um, Someone says uh, there's strong local content. Marketing is absolutely crucial for USMLR's success. If local franchises can both rally their rugby communities and educate new fans, the league will be successful. Um, someone else responds, no, it won't. It will be like pro rugby. People will end up watching rugby league instead of union. <laughs> and someone responds to that like they do now. And the little <laughs> crying faces. <laughs> oh, crying faces. Uh, emoji so yeah there's <laughs> like i say there's there's like five rugby league players in this country yeah. and 10 fans but but seriously the there's 12 rugby league clubs slash teams i, I don't think they're really clubs based on but the they're 13 but they're 13 13 i think it's 13 there's 12 okay. plus the Chicago Stockyarders or whatever. Oh, yeah. 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 So there's, thir- there's 13, this. right? And I, I think I went over this a couple podcasts ago. But so Australian football has over 50 men's clubs and I think 15 women's clubs in this country. So if anything, Australian f- rules football is the – Next best code of uh, of egg chasing, not league in this country. Which is really funny when you think about it. Yeah, yeah. Not not to just continually bash on on league, um, but we will if you say that people not watch union so they can watch league instead, which is not the case. Not the case now in the U.S. Uh, Well, 
So that's our tweet of the week, and we got some trending topics now. Whose job is it to read the trending topics? That's Josh. Why are you inserting stuff in here? I don't know. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about Dan. I have opinions. Because because Dan wants to talk. All right. I'm going to go in reverse order so Dan can talk. (laughs) (laughs) So James Bay lost to the UBC old boys 91 to nothing. There is now a Seawolf-specific podcast, um, the Seawolf Pod. Find them on Twitter. So, well, how did how Media Day got – how did uh, how did Media Days go? <laughs> um, <laughs> what was that? So Me losing my train of thought. They're still going. There's two this week. Um, that, well, two – yeah, so – One right now. Uh, there's one going on right now. Or it might right. just Houston's might be, right now. Might be over, but um, Houston had a media day and fan experience. Um, you know Grant Cole. You had Seth Payne, and I forget another guy. Or Dan Payne was there too. Oh, DP was out there. Yeah, was he out. No, that was Seth, Seth Payne. Payne. His brother. They, they tagged Dan Payne in their Instagram story. They they tagged him because it's his brother, and he had a microphone. Uh, yeah. yeah. So Seth Payne is a was a former Houston Texans uh, player, and uh, he has his own radio show in Houston. So, um, so that's big. Get him out there. Uh, so, yeah, uh, open practice for the media and fans to watch at Dyer Stadium. So that was cool. Um, Glendale pushed a ton of media stuff on their media day. And there will be a media experience at their home opener that is extra nice. They also have a, a virtual press room too. Yeah, that that was pretty cool. Like the yeah. whole setup was pretty. So dope. there's actual information you can find out online, which is ten times more than I think USA Rugby has ever done. <laughs> there are, I mean, there are a few more members still on the roster. Oh yeah, so they added like four players. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, Utah had theirs, which we just mentioned. That was actually a really good setup, and I think that was at Rio Tinto, yeah, wasn't it? That was at Rio Tinto. They uh, really they cool. had was it three? It's like so two executives, a coach. They had the chief revenue officer of MLR there. Uh, you know, he talked about uh, how they're coming up on the uni- the anniversary of their uh, business plan. You know, like so. Didn't, um, so I didn't, I'm sorry, I'm going to cut you off, but I didn't actually watch it. But someone made a comment that he said next year the final is going to be on regular CBS. Did he say that? I don't know. Maybe. I need um, to find this. I, I, feel I, mean, like an idiot. I, I don't remember hearing that. Um, I mean, either. But it's it's possible. Because um, why not, right? Um, especially when you expand to 12 teams. Twelve or so teams. Then there was this one's sort of kind of weird. Dan, you saw this today. So Sal Mooching signed with Rugby uh, Viadana in the National Championship of Excellence, which is the, um, I guess, the second highest level in Italy. I guess highest outside of uh, the Pro fourteen hundred. Um, however, many people are actually in that. Um, so that's really interesting because I don't know much about them, but I know the um, 
the Italian league is not really the the best. From some people who've actually watched it, they said that it would probably be a little bit below MLR, to be honest. Um, it's great for Sam that he signed with the team, especially because it's it's European. Um, it would have been nicer if he was with a, a like a French club or, or like Pro D2, which I think was his ultimate goal to go out there to really play for. Um, but there is actually, you know, Digidus did say in this too that, um, actually, where is this quote from finding this? So it says, until he joins the Adana in 1970, we are working on options for Somme to prepare for the next season. No, this, no decision has been made yet, but we are considering some leads both in the United States and Europe, says Pierre Olivier Carles, Carle, who is the president of Dig- Carl. Digidus. Or Pierre Carl. Olivier Carl. Carl. Um, but um, yeah, so but that's interesting. Uh, congrats to uh, Psalm. Um, I don't, I don't know. Right Ex- the excellence, uh, the excellence league is still semi-pro though, yeah. because when Nick Savetta went over there, he had to work as an engineer. Mm-hmm. Just uh, throwing that one out there. Yeah, yeah that's and Nick Savetta words. also played at Viadana as well. Oh. Mm. Um, so. That's right. But is Victor, I think you pointed this out before. It was um, his fiance actually plays softball professionally in Italy. Yeah. She yeah, has for right. three years now, I think. Yeah. I believe so. Yes. Yeah, exactly. so, third year, I think. So it, sounds like, it was a lot easier for, obviously, for him. Yeah. It sounds like he wanted to play in Europe. Um, it's not the absolute best league, but it could have some better connections to getting into playing with other European clubs for, for next year, but also he gets to actually be with his fiance. The two cities are only two hours apart, so they could theoretically live together. So mm-hmm. good for him. Yeah. It's, it's great. You get to actually live with your, uh, your family and play rugby. So that's awesome. Hopefully he's good enough. And then decide him to Zebra because I don't think he's going to Benetton. Oh, we'll see how that works out. Yeah. There's well, still um, a chance you can play for MLR two this year, apparently. So, We'll have to wait or and next. see. Or next. <laughs> Aaron rolls his eyes. So oh, well, that's, we don't have that much time to talk. Because I mean, the, the the league starts in September, so obviously he has time. Well, so the so the that le- so the next season for Excellenza starts in September. Well, you know, yeah. it's we've got three weeks, uh, three and a half weeks for MLR. If he's gonna play, he's he needs to be in camp yesterday. Uh, yeah. So and he has been in Hawaii for two weeks, so I, I mean, there are other guys. There are other guys from the ARC squad that went back to their amateur clubs and started games last week. Brendan Daly, uh, not even not even last week, two weeks ago. Brendan Daly and Huluhala Mongaloa started games two weeks ago, the week after uh, the ARC. So. I mean, he hasn't gone back to Saracen since, so I, I don't know. Go, gotta go train and play rugby. I give him some time off. If only he could get a medical joker contract, that'd be great. But I don't know of any teams in it, any medical jokers right now. So, um, moving on to views, news, and abuse—the big one. Uh, ESPN. Will be streaming on ESPN Plus, according to James Kennedy in an interview with Off the Ball. It's going to be on the um, the free air side. So if you just have a uh, 
an internet connection, you should be able to watch this stuff. I don't know if that's correct or not, because ESPN is ESPN is relaunching their streaming service uh, from Watch ESPN to ESPN Plus. ESPN Plus will have subscription and non-subscription uh, content. So yeah. hopefully, it's on the non-subscription content because that would, you know, that puts it. In every household in America. Yeah. But this is awesome because um, it, we already had it on CBS Sports for the game of the week, and we were waiting to hear from the second tier. Um, I was, to be perfectly honest, I was expecting it to be something smaller, um, just make like making sure the CBS Sports was the, the first one and the main one, and then just, you know, whatever else can just show free or something like that. Um, but this is awesome that... All the matches, or I think 31 out of the 33 matches. Uh, I forget what the number is. Um, there's 33. So this It's only two matches that don't get shown. Yeah. So we'll see. Maybe the championship. They don't show that. No, they're, they're showing the championship. Um, but it's on CBS Sports and ESPN. Both very recognizable names. So you go to your friend and you say, you should check out this thing. It's called Major League Rugby. And you say, oh, well, where can I watch it? Well, you can watch it on CBS Sports. You go, oh, well, I don't know if I have that. Well, ESPN. And if they don't have that, then I don't really know what else to tell you. They're just, you know, they have no cable, no anything, and they don't really plan on watching sports anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Quickly, what ESPN stands for? Uh, Entertainment Sports Production Network. No, Entertainment and Sports Programming Network. Close enough. You lose, good day. Um, GG. That was GG. Actually, it, it feels like it's been weeks. Oh, hey, this. hey. Oh, it's coming in hot. Hey, everyone. Utah yeah. versus Glendale will be streamed live on their YouTube channel. Ooh. That's very nice. Hallelujah. I that question. Hallelujah. In Utah, um, so in Utah's obviously network. Yeah, so good to go. Wow. Oh, so subscribe. Did they just announce that or um I just asked the CMO, so oh. <laughs> just casually. When you, uh, when you, when you know people. Um shout out to Ishmael Tiliallo. He listens to the show. Big fan. Thanks, man. So thank oh, you for the awesome. scoop. Um so that is a, a great deal. Um, even if they don't fill, I mean, it will be tough to fill 20,000 people, but um, hopefully you can get as many people as possible in there. That's just, that'd be awesome to be able to show that because you get so many better camera angles from being in a full size stadium like that, that it's just going to look really cool and cool. By the way, guys, just to let you know, subscribe to Utah Warriors TV. That is the name of the channel on YouTube again, Utah Warriors TV. Also subscribe to Earful of Dirt podcast yes please Um, just yes they're they're also going to do something all right so uh questions from bob oh wait no stand by i fuck i messed that one up um there was another one so we talked about the utah uh announcement team but then this one so uh USA Rugby uh launched the restructure of the american rugby model really this more or less only pertains to all U23 and the pathway to the Eagles. So 
you know, youth, high school rugby, college rugby, and MLR. Um, it basically gives you uh, a pathway for a season and a model to build off of if you are trying to, you know, make it to the Eagles. It's it's pretty awesome, actually. And it's the first uh, the first USA Rugby thing that has the MLR logo on it. Not sanctioned. Was it this Dan Payne's like ultimate goal was to like align everything? Yes. Yeah, that's one of the that's one he of the did things. His that shit. He's going to go down as a very successful CEO of USA Rugby for many reasons. Yeah, he, I, I remember his uh, Facebook Live from like the first two or three months when he took office. Oh, yeah, the, the pyramid. Yeah, so he showed the pyramid and then he flipped it and he said, this is what it currently is, this is where it should be. So that was part of it and that is part of this strategy. Um, it's good to see an actual alignment of the schedules. I didn't look too much into it because I was at work. Um, now I'm here. Um but it does look like it's actually making a clear calendar and a clear schedule for if you're this age, uh, you can play here or you can these tournaments or what you can play in. And then for college, it has the same thing. So it's just really making it so that there's consistency because there hasn't really been consistency before. And there's also been most people don't know unless their coaches tell them what's coming up in a week or two days. So, um, that was dope. Um, and the, the the final thing before we get out of here is uh, questions from Bob. Yeah. Hey guys, back again. Welcome back. Hey, thank you. Anything uh, else you want to say? Any other translations you want to shout out or no? No. Um, I'm gonna be working on uh, my Spanish language skills for next week. So, the next uh, Victor and I uh, have some stuff to talk about. So, muy bien. Uh, see. Uh, Okay. And other letters. Uh, so. <laughs> <Other letters. laughs> uh, we only have one question, and it's from the uh, uh, OG himself, Bob B. Bobberson. Uh, but it is a doozy. So this is gonna. T- this is a thinker. This is a thinker, guys. So put on your thinking rugby caps, and uh, let's go at this. He would like to know, since team rosters are out now, what holes does each team have? San Diego's entire front row or entire forward pack. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So San San Diego has two eight men playing lock, uh, both four and five. That's a question. Um, Tight head prop question. Um, Gil Covey took a yellow card also for illegal scrummaging. So, but Gil Covey, to my knowledge, uh, you know, drummed all right. Uh, the 19 year old prop for San Diego, um, who, who could be full of promise, just he, he was not scrumming well. Um, and you know, he was going up against uh, Tim Fitzgerald, a man. So, yeah. And that's who, like, those are the people who that kid's going to face in, uh, you know, in the league this year. So it's either going to have to grow a lot or he's the kind of guy, he's like you're an academy guy. Well, does anybody else have any thoughts on that one? Because I want to kind of flip it. 
uh, if not, and just say, who do you think then has the most well-defined, well-balanced team in, in the league right now? Uh, well, say what you want. Or say what we just said for San Diego and just reverse it for Seawolves, where they have like every single prop that is playing in uh, USA or Canadian rugby. Exactly right. Yeah. So that's all I have about that much. Um, yeah. So locks and props are the currency of you know international rugby, and those are uh, two things as a player pool we're sort of uh, very thin on. Like locks at, for the Eagles, I think we're pretty much set. But after you know those six, it's, it's pretty you know. Yeah. Until uh, until Charlie Hewitt is uh, you know USA qualifies. <laughs> Two more years. <laughs> Two more Justin years. Allen. Uh, Justin Allen. Um, I think. Uh, also USA. I mean, he, he's USA qualified. I think he's got some growing to do, but I think a year under Fitzy and he'll be ready to go and make an impact. So growing I think, to do. isn't he already like six foot six? Rugby yeah. skill wise. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mental growing. So. Uh, I mean, he'll. Uh, I think after this World Cup, we'll probably see him uh, in an Eagles shirt. So that'd be sick. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I guess the real answer to your question, then, Corey, would be: I think Glendale has the most um, depth, consistently best players, as far as I can tell. Yeah, because they've been around for for longer, though. So, uh, so I've, I've. The issue with Glendale is how thin that roster was to begin with. Whereas um, over time, we've seen trialists and players uh, for Houston. I think Houston's going to have a squad that's about 40 people. And I think they've built the deck. Now, we'll see how they fare against Glendale. And I think they're going to... You know, if they put it all together, I think they could give them a match, you know? Well, I remember Will McGee came out and said that they're going to sign a few players here soon. Was it more than the players they added? I hope not. But <laughs> you also have to remember that Glendale has this whole system set up. They do have their amateur side. They have um, the Georgian prop still. He's playing on their amateur side. So if they ever need to call him up, he's there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's. We won't uh, get to see that match until what June 9th? Yep. I'll be there. I thought you were on so. vacation. Leaving the next day. Oh. <laughs> Perfect. So nice. You get, see, you get to see that. You get to watch the to be confirmed test match. Oh, I'm missing later. that. Yeah, missing that. Are oh, you missing well, that? Well, I mean, so it, the, the, the Glendale Houston match is on a Friday. So we're leaving that Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if it's if it's Russia, yeah, I'm here in Russia for some reason. If it's Russia, uh, yeah. Hey, let's just throw it out there and say Spain. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's actually that's how much time do we have? Um, That's a whole. (laughs) (laughs) It was a a genuine question. That's there's a whole new layer to this Belgium. Just just stay tuned for the rugby conspiracy podcast. 
Yeah. I, I was going to say, all I was going to say is if we are playing Spain, we better make damn sure all of our uh, players are actually qualified. <laughs> <laughs> because if not, they will figure it out. Exactly. No, no, no. Russia will figure it out. No, Russia will figure it out. No, no, no. Brazil will figure it out. Oh, no. Oh, gosh, Amari. And then Brazil will tell us like months after it happened. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. For for everyone at home, just look into it. Um real simple thing is that um uh, possibly Belgium and Romania both had ineligible players and we don't know which games that would affect. And depending on what World Rugby def- decides to do with it, if they decide to discount only specific games, then Spain then Russia wins Europe one. But if they disqualify Romania from all of them, then Spain wins. So look it up. Um, it just a lot more stuff. And if you, if you can speak Spanish, definitely go to uh, like uh, Twitter or Facebook and see a lot of very angry Spaniards. <laughs> America's and, Rugby News also has a great breakdown. Oh, yeah. Exactly. That's actually and, that's probably the best one to really look at. And not only that, guys, also, if, speaking of Spanish, if you get a chance, please listen to the interview uh, by El Show de, de, de Rugby, which is a show from Uruguay. And they did an interview to Pablo Lemoyne, now coach of Germany, that used to be the coach of, of, of Uruguay. And he and he's really the guy that opened Pandora, Pandora's box when it came to Belgium's uh, player that was apparently not eligible. Um, Funny enough, his name is Victor, Victor pa- uh, Paquet. Uh, whose great grandmother was the one who was Belgium, but he was raised. I mean, in, in France. It's, it's not and hard. To, it's not hard to know the uh, the lineage uh, rule. It's grand. It's grandparent. I mean, yeah, not great grandparents. Spelled out. Your grandfather, Dan. You're not great grandfather, Dan. Um, it's exactly, exactly right. Also, so, I saw this when I was in the middle of the show. The official Spain rugby Twitter account tweeted um this is the translation obviously um one of three faka osile did not tell the romanians who had played for tonga sevens uh romanians did not realize that this participation was binding or world rugby was wrong to let him play with romania via america's rugby news at uh hashtag justice for rugby values and that's the official uh spanish twitter account they're not very happy um, about this, as you can I see. I am impressed with the consistent level of indignance yeah. uh, the Spanish Rugby Union is displaying in this uh, this fight. It's if- it's a bit hilarious. So, okay, so for those not following, so for when we were on the last show, we mentioned it in training topics. It was RefGate. Either a day later or two days later, it was uh, – the Germans going after Belgium for fielding an ineligible player. And then this morning I read through like eight pages of crap to like trying to get what was going on. But, and then Romania fields like a former Tongan sevens player in their 15 side. (laughs) Yeah. So, so it's like, so, so this is what I put it. It's like, so Spain's going to get banned for touching the ref. Uh, Belgium's going to get banned for fielding an ineligible player. Romania is going to get banned for fielding an ineligible player. Uh, 
the Russians are going to get banned for doping. So that leaves uh, Germany. Germany. That leaves Germany. <laughs> They'll lose to Portugal. <laughs> no, Germany. because no, 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 because Germany would automatically qualify because everyone else is banned as Europe won. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So Portugal would automatically qualify for the repechage. <laughs> no, well, no, no, no. They they automatically qualify for the playoff against Samoa. Uh, that's right. Which yeah. means they would go to Repechage eventually. Yeah, they, they would go to Repechage because they ain't beaten Samoa. But yeah. Okay, but, so who's <laughs> putting together this uh, in a flowchart? Uh, it's it lo- it's already been done and it looks ugly as shit. It's, yeah, don't look. It's, um, okay, so, so guys, just to let you know real quick, I'm in the España Rugby Twitter page, and seven hours ago they put this tweet saying that Rugby Europe postponed to Thursday their decision oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to proclaim yeah. the whole thing with Spain repeating the game with Belgium or uh, or, or the whole thing that Belgium the well, this, so, this is, so that, that's just Spain that's just the Spain thing um, mm-hmm. so I read that so they submitted their previous decision to World Rugby and that's what was in a press release on Friday like we've met uh, we came up with some findings and we've submitted it to World Rugby and we're telling you in a in a way to be transparent, I guess. And then I guess they've requested more information. <laughs> I can just see whoever has to actually deal with this to like be, be just sitting there on their laptop like, okay, I think we just about got this. And then the news comes in about the Belgian and then the Romanian players, and they're just going, "Why, why, why, why is this all happening to me?" And I think the the Portugal versus Romania or Spain or Germany or Russia game is happening in like a week. I think it's like April fourth or. Uh, so they need to figure this out before then, or postpone that match. So, With all that being said, anybody else want to uh, call it a night? Yeah, let's get out of here, Victor. Yeah, yeah guys, because I have to work now. So, there you go. exactly right. So, guys, first of all, thank you all for joining us for episode twenty-nine of the Earful of Dirt MLR podcast or Rocky podcast, whatever. Uh, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel which is uh, Earful of Dirt Podcast. Be sure to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Again, at Earful of Dirt on all three social media accounts. Check out our website, of course, earfulofdirt.com. And most importantly, make sure to add us to your podcast feed, whether on iTunes, Acast, Google Play, Stitcher, and Player FM. Make sure, of course, to leave us a review. On either one, if not all of them, that'll be appreciated as well. Thank you. And of course, make sure to call us on our phone number, which is 1 720 Again, that's 1 And again, leave us a voicemail. Keep in mind that we do the broadcasting or the live broadcast, excuse me, at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific time. So, with all of that said, everyone, have a great night. Once again, my name is Victor. Again, those were my co-hosts, Josh, Aaron, uh, Daniel, and Corey. Best for last, Corey. That's why I put your last brother. And we'll see you guys next week. Buenas noches. Connect with Earful of Dirt anytime. We're on Facebook and Twitter as Earful of Dirt. 
You can email us at earfulofdirt at gmail.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 720-600-2679. Until next time, for Aaron, Dan, and Victor, I'm Corey. Thanks for joining us. 